0: you guys to those i am sure i don't know if you saw or not they got a tiny little flea market right over here and it's been happening for a couple days they got another day or two of it but we uh we had folks parking on our parking lot um this uh, past friday and saturday and if you helped out with that in any way if you stopped by for a few minutes if you were here all day would you please stand for me there's more of you than that if you stood don't be shy give these <laughs> folks a round of applause and thank them thank you guys they did a fantastic job. Friday was a little slow, but uh, that worked out. Yesterday, for about three hours, we had about two or three spots left, and it was kind of just bouncing back and forth. And one point in time, I had to go, no more, no more. But uh, we had, had nowhere else to put them. We were going to have to start putting them in the gym or something. But, um, but I, I'm thankful for it. And uh, uh, today, if, you, if you're a visitor with us for the first time or first time in a long time, would you slip up your hand? we got some gentlemen in the back who have a gift for you and as well as a visitor card. And so throw that hand up high, I think we got one down here, but um, we want to get you a visitor card and a gift. we got a bag that we gave to all of our visitors here, and uh, if you don't get it now, uh, make sure you let them know on the way back, because we'd love to give that to you, but inside is magnets, pins, a few other little giveaways, and the bag is for you. Um, it came in handy for a lot of the shoppers down at the flea market, they were pretty grateful for that, having the bag and everything, but um, we are uh, just so thankful for you being with us today, and thankful for uh, the turnout that we had. I think in, in total, we were able to give out about 100 of these gift bags over the past couple days um, to different families and, and carloads and everything. So, um, and uh, each one having tracks and invitations to church and things. And we never know what the Lord can do with it. But we're just glad we got to serve the community. I think every single person that parked here looked us in the eyeballs and told us, thank you so much for this, because we had restrooms and bottled water and all that stuff. So um, just grateful that, we could, that the Lord allowed us to serve that way. So uh, I've been asked if we're parking people tomorrow. No, but if they park there, they park there, Um, but I'm glad y'all got a space today to be here with us, so Um, a couple of things, uh, today, uh, Children's Church is reopening, all right, ages four to six, so we're excited for it, and so here in a little while, once I get up to preach, I'll dismiss all them out, and um, uh, the rest of you adults, you'll have to stay, I'm sorry, we'll give you an animal cracker on the way out, but you gotta gotta stay, but um, (laughs) I'm sorry, if you want to go to Children's Church, you'll have to volunteer to help out, (laughs) Ha ha! got you that way. All right. Uh, but we also got, of course, too, in here, uh, the ladies' ministry having their retreat. Um, that's coming up this month already. And so if you've got questions, please see Lynn or Lou Ellen. All right? So find somebody with an L in their name, and they'll probably have answers that I don't have. All right? Uh, they'll, they'll get you straightened out and situated, signed up, and all that stuff. Then in here, we've got a new announcement. All right? We've got <clears> – <throat> are you ready? Drum roll. Okay. blah <laughs> blah um The fabulous family fall fling, ding, and chili cook-off, all right? Um, And as you can tell in here, we're going to have fun, fun, fun till we're done, 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 all right? So make sure you come, bring your family, bring your friends, bring your chili, and we're going to have a great time, okay? Um, This is going to be on October the 29th. It's going to be the last Friday in October. It should be nice and cool. Chili weather's coming, and uh, chili weather's also coming, right? We're going to eat Double kinds of chili there, but um, come, and, and if you don't like chili... Then there'll be other stuff there, too. We're going to have just kind of a potluck, but bring chili. What we're going to do is uh, we're going to have an opportunity where everyone's going to have bowls. You can eat as much chili as you want to, right? And uh, as long as you go home afterwards, and we don't want to, you know, we're going to have to air out this place or nothing, all right? Yeah. But we're going to have all the fixings and sides for it, desserts and everything, and have some games for the kids. We're going to have a, a little chili cook-off. We're going to have the opportunity for you to be able to have little, little tastings of all of them if you want to, all right? And you can vote for the best and vote for the hottest, all right? Now, normally the hottest isn't the best. Normally the best is the best and the hottest is the hottest. You can tell the difference, all right? Um, you'll be able to, yeah, you'll you'll know, all right? So but if you don't do good with spicy, just stick to the best stuff, all right? But everything will be labeled. But um, we want us to just be able to do that. Have some fun, all right? Uh, we want to have an opportunity to bring your family and friends. Just have a good time. Eat some good food and fellowship. So mark that down in your calendars. As well, and I'm looking forward to it. But this morning, I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. And I'm thankful for each one of you being with us today. And I believe God's got great things in store for us. So let's pray. Our heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. I'm grateful for the opportunity to worship you, and uh, Lord, that we can praise your name. We can gather together and sing uh, songs that uh, that lift up who you are and your and your name. Lord, I pray God that uh, you would just bless each person that's here today, whether a visitor or a longtime member. And God, that you would just touch hearts today, and Lord, that you would touch hearts and lives as only you can through the power. Of your word, through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, I pray that you help me today. Fill me, strengthen me. Help all of us today, God, just to lay our cares our concerns down at your feet, Lord, that we might find a a place around your table. That we might be able to, to serve one another, to be served by you, Lord. That we might be able to eat this fresh bread of your word today. God, I pray that you help us now. Help us to have right hearts and attitudes. And we do lift up as well our children's ministries. We're starting back today, God. That you would bless the kids and all the helpers of the next few weeks as we're getting things going. God, that you would help us, Lord, as the devil's certainly fighting. And I uh, want a foothold in here, but Lord, help us just to uh, fight this good fight of faith. And Lord, that we would watch you uh, work in ways that um, we just can't even imagine, God. We know that you are a mighty God and a God who is able to do uh, far more than what we could ever imagine. So Lord, help us to trust in you. Help us to have our, uh, our faith strengthened and our, our faith built up in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you once more for this time. And Lord, that you would bless it as you see fit. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: All right. Uh, stand if you're able. Like turning to hymn numbers, hymn number 55. Bless his holy name. Sing for his honor and his glory because he deserves it. <laughs> Bless the Lord. 75, leaning on the everlasting arms. Jesus saves. Amen. He's on one can, by the way. to be our little greet time all right and now we will enter into a word of prayer and let's all uh, pray that we can meet with God today and he meet with us and uh, that he would uh, exalt his presence here today and we would lift him up in song in praise and worship here today and that this service, This worship would make a difference in our lives. And we'd be changed and and be willing to change. And pray that any heart that's here that needs encouraging, that they would receive that. And a heart that needs conviction, they would receive that too. So we'll we'll go with a moment or two of silence. And then I'll close us in prayer. Let us pray. dear Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege and honor to be in your house here today we thank you Lord for this time set aside that we can uh, reflect Lord on how great you are and how powerful all knowing everywhere present God all powerful Lord you're mighty God and we praise you for that we just thank you Lord for each and everyone's out here today, Lord help us to Worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, uh, we pray, Lord, that uh, this service today would make a difference in our lives and we'd be willing to change and be more like Christ. We ask, Lord, you touch our pastor and fill him with your spirit here and, uh, Lord, give him liberty and unction and power to proclaim your powerful word this morning. And we'll be faithful, give you all the praise and honor and glory. For everything accomplished here today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. Now we have a special by Miss Ann Stone.
2: His destiny was changed as he looked to Christ and said, When your kingdom comes, remember me. In paradise that day he stood, just like the Lord had said he would, surrounded by those who'd gone before. said friend how did you come what are the deeds you have done with tears in his eyes i could hear him reply there are no merits to my name no works that i can claim he who brought me here told me to say nothing I have done. It's the suffering of God's Son. I have come by the way of the cross. I have nothing to claim but my guilt and my shame hopelessly lost I could not find my way till his glorious light of love shone down on me and he washed all my sins away and what he did for me that day was a price I know he and by His grace, I too can. the suffering of God's Son, I have come by the way, I see millions gathered round the throne from every kindred and tongue, those redeemed by the blood.
1: 779, if you'd like to turn there, and if you're able, please stand as we sing, I'll fly away. If I can ever get there. There we go.
3: Some
0: Lord for the song sung this morning at this time my excitement and privilege to say uh, children's church ages four to six gonna dismiss out this door right here all right dad you got to stay all right that, that's my mom and dad down there by the way anyway, you can see my dad off his big old bald head there some of y'all in the back might need your sunglasses or that that reflection off his head there but uh, I don't think... thankful I get my looks and my brains and Everything else from my mom, but I got my size from my dad. So if I got anything, I got. Amen. I'm thankful for the way of the cross this morning. I hope that you are as well. What a song uh, sung today! If you've not gone by the way of the cross, today if you're going by the way of religion, today if you're going by the way of you got baptized in that tank long time ago by so and so preacher at so and so time, you're going the wrong way. As a matter of fact, you are on a way. You're on the broad way, and it's a way that leads to destruction. It's a way that leads to hell, everlasting torment and fire a place of absolute darkness and destruction, you don't need to go there today. Today, God, by repentance and belief on the gospel, only by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, you can be taken from that broad way to a narrow way, a narrow way that leads to life and life everlasting, a life eternal with the Lord that we've just sung about. And you too can say that one day when He calls, we are going to fly up out of this place. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're just pilgrims. This place is not going to last forever. As a matter of fact, one day God's going to ball it up and throw it away and make a new heavens and a new earth where indwell righteousness, where you and I who are in Christ will get to live and be with Him forevermore. We'll get to gather around that throne and sing, Holy, Holy, Holy to the Lord of hosts. He will be there forevermore. He will reign forevermore. And our God still reigns today. I hope you believe that today. Amen. Amen. We'll get to preaching in a minute. (laughs) Take your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to be looking today at verse number 16. If you're a visitor with us, if it's your first time here or a little bit, or you maybe have come back or something, Uh, We've been going through over the past few weeks over the spiritual warfare and spiritual armor of the Christian. Today we are called to be mighty warriors. We're not called to be uh, little sheep with our mouths closed. We're called to be mighty warriors for God, clothed in the righteousness of God, clothed in the armor of God, clothed for the battle. We're not clothed to sit still and be comfortable. We're We're clothed to fight. We've been given armor, not because everything's easy, not because everything's peaches and cream, but rather because there is an enemy. As a matter of fact, you've got several enemies that are after. You've got the world, the flesh, and the devil. The devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's walking about. He would love to come in here today and absolutely destroy you, distract you, divide you, and all those things. The world is out there who is trying to entice you on that broad way. The world is not your friend. They might say they're your friend, Matter of fact, they hate you, and they hate you because they hate God. Your flesh is not like you neither. Your flesh wants to destroy you. From the inside out, your flesh does not want you to walk in the light as He is in the light. Your flesh wants you to walk in the flesh. Why? Because walking in the flesh feels good for a season. We sin because we like to, because we want to, but it will not keep us in a place where God would would want us to be. Matter of fact, sin is going to take us further than we would ever thought it would take us, and it's not going to take us to a good place. Today, if that's your struggle, come by the way of the cross. Today, if you're wanting to fight these battles, know that you're not going to do it by your strength, by your power, but by his strength, by his power, and we will only do so by putting on each piece of this whole armor of God so that we may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. I want to read for us in context so we all are on the same page and everything in Ephesians chapter 6. I want to read verses 10 down through 18, and today our focus is going to be verse number 16, the uh, shield of faith. Today, if we had anything to know, it's this, to wield the shield. Verse number 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, have your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, through which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let us pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning once more that we can gather, we can worship You freely. We thank You for those who have fought and died so we can have that freedom that we still have today. God, may we not take it for granted. Lord, I pray that You would help us, all that are in this place today. Lord, if there's someone who does not know You as Lord and Savior, that today You would convict them, that You would draw them, and that You would save them, Lord, that they would turn in repentance and put their faith and trust in You and You alone. God, I pray for all of us who do know you, Lord, if we're struggling with sin today, help us to fight it, help us to lay it down, help us to live and walk in victory in you. God, if we're fighting you know, this spiritual battle, Lord, as we all should, Lord, we know that, that there are things against us today. Lord, there, there has certainly been a battle even this morning, but God, I know that you are able to, to give power and strength. I pray that you would do just that. Lord, I pray that this morning you would guard my heart, my mind, and my tongue as I preach your word, that you would fill me. Uh, allow me to preach boldly and accurately according to your word. And Lord, that as your word is open, that our hearts would be open to it that we would be shaped and changed by it, and that, God, that through it and through the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would do great and mighty things here. your Lord. Help us to believe that you will. Help us to anticipate uh, the things that you would have us to, to receive today. And, God, that you would have your will in your way and that you would get the glory out of all things. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we look here today, I want to begin by understanding this. If you don't know this or not, if you don't know this, you're blind. If you do know this, then you see, but we are at a time in our nation's history, and even, I would say, in our Baptist history here, that we are at a crisis of faith. We have many who are not walking by faith, but are certainly walking by sight, walking by emotion, walking by everything else except for faith. You know what faith is? If we boil it all down, it is simple trust, conviction, and belief in who God is. It is trusting all of who He is. It is complete total trust. Have any of you guys fell out of that pew so far, straight down? Not yet. When you sat down, did you maybe think, "Ah, let me check, make sure the screws are in this thing, see if it's bolted down or anything? I didn't see anybody doing that. You came in and you sat down expecting that that seat was going to hold you up. And you expected too, if that seat didn't hold you up, that the ground would. But you know something, that takes a little bit of faith. But I want you to know that those who say that they do not have faith, oh boy, do they have faith. They're just having faith that there is no God that they're going to stand before, but they will stand before Him. And so will you and I. And today, as we address this issue of faith, I want us to know this. Today, nearly, there in America alone, there's nearly 380,000 plus churches. That's a lot. I don't know if y'all know. I don't know if y'all throw that number around a lot, but that, that's a big number, okay? 380,000 plus, plus or minus churches, right? There's a lot. And that's covering all sorts of walks and different stuff here. But in this, 65% or so of those that identify themselves as Christian, actually attend, right? Or, or actually rather, out of all that whole group, around 60-65% say that they are Christian. Now, I'm going to go ahead and bust a bubble here. If you think that there are that many true believers in our nations in the shape that is in, you are sadly mistaken. If we had nearly as many believers as claim to be on paper or on polls or in questionnaires, our world would not look the way that it does today. If it was, then they're just a bunch of backslid heathens and they need to get right, but they're not right because they're wrong. They, they have their faith in something wrong. They have their faith in themselves. There are plenty of people who would say, I'm a Christian, but they would say, if you would ask them, well, what makes you a Christian? They would say, well, I got baptized when I was eight years old. In the river. Like it's extra spiritual. It's not. They'd say, I, I, I'm a deacon. And that didn't go cut it neither. Matter of fact, there's going to be plenty who stand before the Lord one day, as Jesus said to his disciples. There's going to be many who say, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we uh, cast up demons in your name? He's going to say, depart from me because I don't know you. I never knew you. I would say today out of the millions, even in our nation, let alone the world that claim to be a Christian, don't have the slightest idea who Christ truly is. If your Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible, you serve the wrong Jesus. If you don't believe the Jesus of this book, of this Bible, of the revelation of God, God in the flesh, who died for your sins, who knew no sin but became sin for you, and bled and died, suffered on that cross of Calvary, was put into the grave, and rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, then you don't know the Jesus that we know. There is one way, and it is Christ and Christ alone. Furthermore, furthermore, Out of that whole group that says that they're Christian in this nation today, only about one-third attend church monthly or more. I want you to know this. If you don't attend church monthly or more and you are able to, you're probably not near as saved as you think you are. And I say that not because church saves you, but rather if you're saved, you're going to want to be with God's people. If there's anything that the devil has done in the past two years between COVID and everything else, it has scared off God's sheep, but I think if anything, it scared off a bunch of goats. Sheep hear the voice of the master and they come. They know the sound of their shepherd. And the shepherd speaks and we come. We're to gather. The issue in the crisis of faith goes incredibly deep because the average believer has just enough faith to believe that he's saved, but not enough to truly know the God that would save him. We don't know what real faith looks like, and the sad truth is that most of our churches, preachers, and those that are in the pews, we walk by our checkbook, by our work, by our good works, which are nothing but filthy rags, mind you. We walk by everything else except by faith. We say... Oh, I just put my faith in the Lord. But meanwhile, we go to try to do it with our own hands and we make a whole mess, don't we? I would say these things today, that today that we've learned anything. And today, if you're going to be offended by this, just close your ears. Or matter of fact, I'd say, as the Lord said, he who has an ear, hear. We trust today in our nation and even in our churches and homes, we trust in government over God. That White House ain't going to save you. That White House ain't going to bring peace in the Middle East. That White House ain't going to come and visit you in the hospital or as you're on your deathbed. He might send you a check, about it. But whatever he gives, he's taking a whole lot more, ain't he? How about this? This has become quite popular. We trust the science, but not the scripture you can't trust the scripture you can trust science you don't know who God is we trust in politics but not in prayer anymore we think well if we can vote we'll change it around we're not going to change anything with a vote we might change it if we get on our knees before God we, we might see some change if we ourselves change because it's very easy for us good it well-intentioned Baptist folk to say Oh, this world needs to change. This world needs to change. You know who needs to change? We need to change because we've stopped being faithful. There's an older generation that knows what real faith looks like. There's an older generation that has seen faithful revivals, that has seen the real deal. And what we would call faith today, for most cases and most people, is not the real deal. And I hope when you come in this place, you're coming for the real deal. I hope when you walk out of this place, you're walking out of here with the real deal. You can have a counterfeit faith all you want and you can fool everybody else, but you will not fool God because one day you will stand before Him. And even right now, He sees your wicked little heart trying to deceive. You are playing the part of a play actor, a hypocrite, and you would make God vomit at your unfaithfulness. Today, I'm afraid though that most of the churches in America would do the same. Where in the world has our faith gone? I want you to know this. When it comes to things in the world today, you've got a very small chance of a lot of stuff taking you out of here. I'm not just talking about things that are quite popular today, but you you want to know, I want to give you one more statistic. You have a 100% chance of standing before God. You know that? You're going to stand before Him whether you believe or not. You're going to find out you were wrong, and it will be far too late. Today, you can rest assured that if there's any statistic that is 100%, it is that we will meet our Maker. Are you prepared? Because the only way to be prepared is by faith alone. Now, faith is not blind faith, mind you. We're going to deal with this today. It is not blind faith or uh, I'm hoping or wondering. It is an assurance. It is a blessed assurance as we sing about. It is a confidence in knowing and trusting and believing God. Because let me ask you, Those dear seasoned saints, has God ever once failed you? If he has, go ahead and stand up and tell the rest of us. Because he ain't. And if you think he has, you're wrong. You've missed out on all of who God truly is. Today, we are certainly and have been more afraid of things in this world that we might be able to see or even so microscopic that we cannot see with our eye and not near afraid enough of the God that we will one day see. We have lost a holy, reverential fear of the Almighty God who gives life and takes life. We must walk by faith. The devil would have you walk by sight. The devil would have you walk by works. But he will never lead you to faith. He will always steer you clear. And today, you know what the devil would want to tell you right now? Oh, don't believe that you got to do this, you got to do that, or, or you're fine just the way you are, you know something, we need faith today. And it's not just faith to save us, it's faith to keep us going because it's our faith and trust in the Lord that keeps us stirred up and moving. It's our faith that keeps us knowing who God is and who we are and that this world truly is not our home. And today as we look here now at the book of Ephesians, as Paul is writing and addressing spiritual warfare and this spiritual armor, he's already addressed, and told us four plus times, stand, 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 and stand. And he's told us even who to stand against. We're standing against the world of the flesh and the devil. We're standing against the enemy. We're not called to sit. We're not called to lay down, belly up like we have for quite too long in most churches. Even in our homes, by the way. We must stand. Now he says to stand with truth that literally binds everything together. The breastplate of righteousness, which adds salvation. We're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. But then we keep on this holiness, this righteousness of living in the light of God, of who he is. Then we are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. that protects our lower leg and keeps us moving, allows us to literally stand firm in the battle. It carries us in the battle, carries us out of the battle, and it keeps us firm in the battle from slipping. And now we're moving on here to the next piece. Above all, taking the shield of faith, for with ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. This phrase above all can often mean that this is literally, if you only take one thing in the battle, above anything else, take the shield of faith. Well, if you don't take the rest, you're still going to get your head knocked off. And what he's going to do is what he's saying here. Each piece is literally in addition to building on, because as we've talked about historically, the reason why they had the belt on first is because then the breastplate literally latched on to it. And then the shoes latched on at the bottom and, and were uh, strong enough to protect them and to carry them and to give them a, a firm foundation to keep them from slipping and to keep them from sliding and falling down. Now, those three pieces they kept on at all times. These next few pieces that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks, the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Those were taken up when the battle got called. I want to give you, first of all today, the historical meaning of this. You and I, I'm looking around today, I don't see anyone clothed in armor, not physically speaking. But when God looks down at us and through the, the roof of this church, uh, I would pray that He would look down and see uh, our armor that He has placed upon us by His strength and might. And it would be glowing in the light of the gospel and that we would be looking like mighty warriors. Today we might not feel like a mighty warrior, but we're called to be a mighty warrior. But this piece, each building upon the next, each building upon one another, each piece needs the next. Do not run into battle with only one piece. Do not run into battle with your shoes on in a, a pea shooter because you're going to get killed. Have on the whole armor, as he says in verse 11, and the whole armor, as he says in verse 13. If he says it twice, it's probably pretty important. If he says it once, it's also real important, isn't it? If he only said it one time in this passage, it'd be just enough to put all of it on, but he says it twice. Why? Because there's far too many believers today who have on a piece of this, piece of that, or half of this and half of that, and we wonder why we're getting obliterated by the enemy. He'll find a way. If he can find a way through that armor, he's going to find the weak spot or that part you didn't put on, and he, that's what he's attacking. Now, shield. It is a shield that will protect the rest of the soldier's body, which is why it is of such importance. The previous three, these are worn constantly. And the next three, the shield, the helmet, and sword are taken up when the battle sounds. And mind you this, the moment you got saved, that was the battle call. You were immediately enlisted and drafted in the army of God. He gave you the whole armor to put on, and he said, Come on, soldier, it's time to fight. There are some times it feels like we're on the front lines, and I would say we're living in evil days, and we are very much in the front lines. At least we ought to be. If you're standing in the back and letting others fight the fight, you're a coward. It's time for the church of God to be the church of God and to fight the fight that God has called us to fight. The fight, the same fight that Paul writes about here. The same fight that Paul said, I have fought the good fight of faith. May it be said of us when we go about our dying breath that we have fought the good fight of faith. Not that we went to church and we we tried our best. The devil's coming for your children, grandchildren, he's coming for this nation, he's coming for this church, he's coming for your preacher, he's coming for each one of you. He wants every pew full of goats, he wants every pew full of division and strife. He's got no problem with a full church, he just wants it full with the wrong stuff. We talk about this phrase, taking up. The word means to pick up, or to take up in order to carry. It doesn't mean we just pick it up and put it back down. It's to take into battle, to really wield this shield, to to carry it with us as we go. It's in the active voice which shows that it's a personal responsibility for each of you. You know who picks up your shield of faith? You do. Not your husband, not your wife. Kids, it's not going to be your mom, dad, grandparents. It's not going to be them. You're not going to inherit faith by them because you don't do that. It don't work that way. You either believe the gospel, repent and believe on your own, or you don't at all. It is your personal responsibility to know the Lord. But parents, it is our personal responsibility to teach our generation. And not just with an example, but with our words, with discipleship. We're not just called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. That's what the Great Commission is about. We've missed that. Here to take up. It means that you must be prepared at all times to hear the battle call. The battle call comes when you are sitting here and you're wondering what's going to happen this afternoon or your next plans. The battle's there in your mind. It's going to happen come tomorrow morning when you spill the coffee and you kick the dog and your car won't start. The battle's there. It's going to happen when you're sitting in the lunchroom and, and everything is going wrong. Your coworkers don't get along. They make fun of you because you, know, you, you did something wrong or you pray at lunch table or whatever. That's when the battle's coming. The battle's coming here publicly before us the battle is when you're alone. And we're not called to just be alone, mind you. Ain't no army of one in God's army. We're called to be an army together. Now, Taking this up, the word shield here is the word thurios. It's the same word that's used for door, thura. Because it literally was the shape of a door and of just about the size. Now, I'm a fairly large guy, and you can see why now. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah, just good genes, I guess. But about 2,000 years ago, they didn't make them like they make them now. eh? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Men were a little bit smaller then. But this door that they literally used as a shield was about four feet tall, about two and a half foot wide. Now, I'm about two and a half, four and a half feet wide, right? When you think about that today. This door was literally carried by them. It refers, uh, ultimately, the, the word goes back to uh, the picture of a, of a large stone that we rolled to cover a doorway, which is where we get the word door from. And now, it, 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 an idea, spiritually speaking, what we get here is that this is talking about a spiritual shield, a shield that looked like a door that things could come in, things could go out, but it, it offers some protection. It was translated as shield because of its size and capabilities. In the Latin, it was a scutum. It was four by two and a half. It was made of two thick layers of wood that were glued together and covered in leather on the front and bound with iron around. It was used not just for the defense, but as well for the offense, because I don't know if you ever know this or not, but if you've ever gotten hit by a door, it don't feel good. If you've ever closed your fingers in a door, that don't feel good either. A door can do a lot of great things, but it can also cause a lot of damage. But the door serves its purpose. If this shield would be protection not just for the individual soldier, but it was large enough that when linked together, it provided protection for the army. Because what they would do is the soldiers would not just take their big shield and go off by themselves and say, well, I think I'll take down the whole army today. No. Rather, what they did is, together as an army, the the trumpets would sound, the battle call would would come, and they would gather together, suit it up, mount it up, in unison. They would put their giant doors or shields together, if you will, and they would march. They would stand together to where there's no gap in between the shields. There's no gap between the soldiers. And literally, walking across the battlefield would look just like a a wall of doors, a wall of shields, thick wood, covered in leather, with the iron and a mean-looking soldier behind it, ready for whatever comes. We've lost a little bit of that, ain't we? The church is still called to be militant. There's plenty of militant groups out there today. Right? We're talking about social justice warriors. Militant. They'll burn it down. Right? We we, we barely got a spark. LGBTQ is very much militant. The liberal theology is very much militant. But it seems that those who know and say they believe the truth have lost that. We must pick up and put on this armor, and march together with our shields. Not just for your personal protection's sake, but for the soldier next to you and the soldier next to you. You want to see what the soldier next to you looks like? Everyone look to your right. Now look to your left. All right. That's good. Good job. Some of y'all got that backwards, but you'll figure out the right from your left. That's the least of our worries. That's it. You see, if you're here, that person on your left to your right... That's your fellow soldier. You're going to be as protecting you, but also to protect them. You know why? Because many of those who have served in combat talk about this, that in the moment of combat, they're not thinking about those back home. Who are they thinking about? That brother that's in the trench with them, in the foxhole with them, who's marching or standing guard with them. The reason why is because in that moment, that's who's with them. It did not matter and did not ever matter about Skin color or anything else, they just cared that we're getting out of this alive together and we're going to fight until we die or until the battle's won. So once more, look to your right. Look to your left. Here's who you march in the spiritual battle with. If you like them, that's great, but if not, you better love them and you better fight and die for them. You better be ready to bleed with them. You better be ready to hurt with them. You better be able to to stand with them because that's exactly what the soldier historically did. These would give, these shields being so large, would be lifted up as arrows would literally rain down. As he says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We're going to see here in just a minute that what would happen historically is the first thing that happens in the battle, they march, they line up at each other, they might beat on their shields and yell at each other. They might prepare themselves in formations, but the next thing that's happening is as they advance is the archers are going to be behind the shields shooting off, oftentimes flaming arrows, because what the flaming arrow would do is when it would hit, it might not pierce anybody, but as it would splatter with tar that was lit flame, is it would spread, it might catch tents on fire, supplies on fire, people on fire. It would certainly, if I don't know, but I've never seen a whole wall raining down of flaming arrows at me, but probably is not a pleasant sight. It's to bring fear, intimidation, to bring destruction, to bring disorder. Today, as the soldier had ultimate protection from his shield, today we will have ultimate protection by our faith. Because right now, even right now in your heart and your head, the devil and his horde of demons in the world, and even your flesh, is literally running down flaming arrows to get you to go every which way but to the Lord. Right now, those arrows are coming, and if you do not have your shield of faith, you will be struck, perhaps your neighbor, perhaps the ones around you that we are to march together and protect each other and to march in the battle with one another. I want to give you now the spiritual meaning of all this. First of all, we have a foe. The foe is this wicked one. It is wickedness, sin that is in us and in the world, but it is also the wicked one, the devil himself. He is not your friend, but he will certainly make himself friendly. Matter of fact, the devil's more friendly than your average Baptist. He's real friendly. He'll get to know you good. He'll tell you how good you are. He'll he'll steer you and and show you, hey, it's not that bad. So-and-so does it, so it must be okay. The devil, though, is a liar. He is wicked and vile. As a matter of fact, Paul also writes in the book of Ephesians a little bit about him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 2, wherein in time past, notice time past, he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, that's the devil, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, where where by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Flip over to chapter 4. We find verse number 22 that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Down just a few verses in verse number 27. Neither give place to the devil. We've talked about this. The devil, you might give him an inch and he will take a mile. And if he takes a mile, he's going to take two. He will take far more than what you offer him. And if you give him the slightest little bit, that's what he's going to come through. He is a precision archer, precise in his arrows. If he sees that you've given him just a a little space to go, you better believe that's where he's shooting. And he doesn't miss often. He's good at it because he's got lots of practice. And we've given him lots of targets. The foe here. He is faithful in his attack. Are we faithful in our defense? He attacks your head with lies. It is not God who gives you lies or deception in your head. It is not God who tells you you're not enough or haven't done enough or aren't good enough. Rather, it is the devil who tells you all about your sin. We have Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is our advocate to the Father when we sin. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's who our God is. The devil will tell you in your head, you're not good enough, you're done, you're washed up. You're not good enough for God. God's done with you. You sinned one too many times. Ain't no way he's going to take you back now. He's a liar. He attacks your head with lies. And if he gets to your head, he does so to your head because he wants to get to your heart. It's a little bit easier to shake things that might be in the mind that the devil might say. You go, ah, he's lying. I know that's not true because I can see and I know what's real. However, if the attack on your head doesn't work, With lies, He will attack your heart with lust. If He can't get there, He's going to come straight for your heart. If you don't have on the breastplate of righteousness and you're not wielding your shield, He will strike your heart. He will strike your vital organs and and bring you to a screeching halt. No man fights without a heart. No man fights with a pierced heart or or bleeding all over the battlefield. He's taken out of the fight. The devil has taken the fight out of many in the church today. He's taking the fight out of many believers today. I want you to know, if you're alive today, God has you alive for a reason. It, it, keep fighting. Keep pushing on because your fight's not done yet. If it was, you'd be in glory already. But until then, keep fighting, soldier. Keep fighting, warrior for God. He'll attack your head with lies. He'll attack your heart with lust. And He will attack your home with loss. Lies and lust and loss often bring the believer down. And it's not a work of the Lord, it is a work of the devil who is raining down these fiery darts. He wants you to lose your children and your grandchildren. He wants you to lose your faith. He wants you to lose your joy. As the psalmist said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Continue to pray it. Continue to pray it. And God shall restore in His time, but do not stop seeking the face of God, for He is there, ever present and ever waiting with His mercy we find the, the fiery darts. The fiery darts of the devil are as follows, and there's quite a many more. He gives us distraction. Today, I believe the devil uses distraction of things in this world, the news, our own phones, social media, even our own problems or even our own sin as distraction to get us fixed off of the cross. If you want to know God more, if you want to feel that fellowship and to be restored, look to the cross, not to the distractions that are there. You don't have to look far and see distraction. It's everywhere. He gives us in discouragement. It doesn't take long for a fiery dart of discouragement to turn and to go sour and to make you miserable and bitter and to struggle and to hurt so deeply. That flaming dart that will come in of discouragement that will pierce and and just send a shockwave throughout your spiritual life. Fight with faith. Keep fighting with faith. Your battle might not be over right now or even in an instant, but it's worth the fight of faith. He'll shoot division, disorder. He'll shoot disbelief. He'll shoot doubt, dishonor. Ultimately, it brings destruction. The devil is not shooting those arrows to help you, but to destroy your heart, your home, and this church. That's what he's out to do. We then find faith. As we see here, taking the shield of faith, the word faith is the word pistis. It is to trust, to have full confidence, to have a conviction, a belief. Faith is saving. Faith is sanctifying. And it is strengthening. Today, you just might need your faith a little bit strengthened. It's not going to be by your power, your might, but as according to the Scripture, by strength, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. It is God today, if you would but ask, that He will strengthen your faith. It is God who, if you but ask, will give you hope again and restore your heart again and strengthen your faith that you might believe in Him. I want you to know that God remains ever faithful. It is you and I who are tossed about like the waves of the sea. What we need today is strong faith. And sometimes we just need to keep asking God for it. God, give me faith. Help me to be faithful. Help me to be faithful in the little things, the big things. Help me to have my faith, to trust in your faithfulness. As we said earlier, has God ever failed you once? No. Therefore, we might trust in Him, have faith in Him, and continue to have faith in Him. If faith does not just save you in Christ, but faith keeps you in Christ. Faith uh, strengthens us in Christ. We see all these things building, but the great weapon, the great defense against all these flaming arrows that the devil will send is to simply trust God. To trust His Word. To trust His promises. Trust His goodness. Trust in His grace. Trust in His mercy. Trust in all of who He is. Man should not put his trust in man, but trust in the Word of God alone. Trust in the work of the Spirit of God. Trust in what God can do and will do and shall do forever. But notice there's this faith as well that quenches all the fiery darts. The word all here means all, by the way. It's simple. Your faith is given to you and strengthened by the Lord and the power of His might so that no matter what dart the devil throws at you, faith can quench it. If you've got disbelief today, faith will quench that quick. If you've got doubt, struggle. If you've got discouragement, the greatest defense against any of these things is faith. Keep trusting the Lord. It might not take away your hurt right now, but it will strengthen your bones to stay in the fight, to look up and see your redemption, to see your Redeemer, to see your salvation that is waiting on the other side. Faith does not just look and hope for the future, but faith is looking out and up. Faith is looking out and trusting God to lay out the pathway and to lead you as He said He would and to walk with you as He does right now. Faith looks up trusting that there's coming a day that He's going to call us up out of this mud ball and He's going to make all things right that were wrong. Faith looks out and trusting and walking to Christ who is the author and finisher of our faith he is the one who goes before us. He's the one that walks with us. He is our prize. He is our finish line. And one day we'll meet Him. But by faith alone, we keep pressing forward. By faith alone. Faith moves forward. Faith does not move backwards. Mind you though, if your faith has only taken you an inch, praise God it's taking you forward. Today, if all you can take is just an inch step, a baby step, Take it and keep taking it because one day we shall reach glory by faith alone. I want to give you this practical today where the rubber really meets the road. You see, it says faith in a mighty God that makes a faithful, mighty warrior. And that's what we need today. It's not by strength of our own. It's not by our own goodness or works. It's going to be because we just trust this big, mighty God who is so merciful and faithful to us. Trust in Him. God's big enough for your problems. God's big enough for your hurt. God's big enough to give you and help you and strengthen your faith. The practical meaning, three things today and we're done. God has called us to have unshakable faith. Just as that door and that shield was unshakable and nearly unbreakable and impenetrable, that's how our faith should be. As this door that is held before us, that literally protects us from here down and allows us to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It is unshakable because our faith in Jesus Christ, it is Him who is our foundation and the focus of our faith. If Jesus is not your foundation, you are on sinking sand. If today Jesus is not your focus, you will fall in a ditch. Have faith and trust in Him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 10 tells us about that faith, about that unshakable faith. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Unshakable faith, by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. Everything else is sinking. Everything else is futile. Everything else will lead you to be destroyed spiritually. Have hope. Have faith today. And trust in God and keep marching. Secondly, it's to have united faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. <clears throat> that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, made nigh by the blood of Christ, praise the Lord, mind you, that the Gospel is not just for the Jew, but for you and I today, here in the little town of Hillsville, that you can be saved by calling upon His name, by trusting in Christ alone, His death, burial, and resurrection, according to the Scriptures. That is salvation. That is the good news of the Gospel. And that's what unites us to Christ, And it's that gospel that unites us together. He says, For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make it himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby." You might not like the other members of the body, but you better suck it up because they're a part of the same body of Christ. And it's time that we would fight and unite together. We spend more time fighting each other than we do the devil. We spend more time fighting each other and hating each other than we do our own sin. God help us. Christ unites us and we are safer and stronger together in the faith. Lastly, we are called to have an unashamed faith. Unashamed. As the Apostle Paul wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? For it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believes it, to the Jew first and also the Greek. Today, most of us have taken our faith and we've taken our shield and laid it down and said, well, I'm too old to fight or this is too tough. I, I can't carry it anymore. Pick that shield up. God will strengthen you. God shall help you. God will fight for you. Pick up that shield of faith and trust the Lord. Be unashamed. Be bold. Why? You say, well, the the world might hate me. It might not like me. Well, guess what? Jesus said they're not going to. He said they'd hate you because they hate him. How can darkness like the light? It doesn't. Darkness hates the light. But we're called to be light in this world. And we won't do it by putting our shields of faith down. We won't do it by not believing God anymore. Most of us today have not seen revival, nor will we see revival, because we say, well, God could. We don't have enough faith to believe that God still can and still will. Heaven help us that we are so simple-minded and so unfaithful. It was Jesus who looked at his disciples and said, where's your faith? Today, I believe if he would look at our church today or even our own hearts, would it be said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? I would say to every church that is closed, where is your faith? I would say to every believer that is more afraid of dying. And mind you, as I've said before, and I'll say it another million times, the worst thing that will happen to you, dear believers, is that you would die and go to heaven. If you're afraid to die and go to heaven, it's because you don't know God. But oh, He's waiting for you. And He wants to help you. And His merciful arms are outstretched. Would you come to Him today? Would God give us faith? Oh, yes. May God make us faithful. May we actually want the real thing. Enough pseudo-spiritual, faithful people who are about as deep as that and about as wide as that. We don't need fake faith. We don't need half-faith. We need faithful men and women of God. Today, we're going to have a time of invitation. As a piano plays, if you, first of all, don't know Christ, come and put your faith in Him, and He will save you, and you can take up this whole armor of God and begin the good fight of faith, and we he will help you, and we will encourage you, and strengthen you as best as we possibly can. Because we are fighting together, not against each other those of you who are in Christ if your faith has been shaken a little bit if your faith has has been rattled a little bit or if you just feel a little unfaithful you just want to get closer to faith come and and ask the Lord God would you strengthen me would you give me help strengthen my faith Lord help me to pick up the shield in the fight because if I'm still alive then I'm not dead and I'm not done may we fight the good fight of faith today let's all stand While the piano plays, if you have a need today, this altar is open. Would you come today? Will you wield the shield today? Where is your faith? Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for this time. We thank You for Your Word, for the song sung. And Lord, as we're about to close today, God, that You would help us, strengthen us, guide us. And Lord, that we might leave this t- place today full of faith, faith in You, not ourselves. And God, that we'd be strengthened and ready to go fight this good fight of faith, Lord, until You call us home. Lord, help us to keep looking forward and keep looking up to You. God, we love You. We thank You for this time. In Christ's name, amen. And we're about to sing a song in just a moment, dismiss. But I want to remind you, if you had your kid go that way to Children's Church afterwards, Go that way in the hall and, and go get him.
1: <laughs> Thou art worthy, hymn number 100. You know who's worthy? Jesus Christ. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. He is our creator, too. Thou art
3: worthy. Thou. Hello
2: yeah.